I don't really think about what I'm shooting at the time for the most part. I will generally carry my camera around with me as much as I can and I'll shoot what I see. So at the time, if I find something interesting, I'll shoot it. And then it's not really until the post-processing or when I'm looking back at my photos is when I start to pick apart stories and things from those photos. Hello, beautiful people. This is Rajiv, and you're listening to Photo Country. This is a show where we talk to image makers who are making a difference here in New Zealand and around the world. That's one thing I love is talking about photography and to photographers. For this episode, I met up with Kalpesh Taylor, a graphic designer who loves telling stories with his images. Kalpesh is a former Pro Gear Photographer of the Month in 2019. He grew up like most of us, taking ownership of the family camera during vacations. Later on, after going through art school and becoming a graphic designer, he rediscovered photography. And this is his journey. Thanks. Thanks, Kalpesh, for making the time for this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Pleasure is all mine. Let's let's start with a bit of a background about yourself and what you do and how you got into photography. Yeah, sure. I, I didn't really get into photography till quite late in my life. I, I think when I was a younger kid, I used to always take photos on family trips and that sort of stuff. My parents used to give me their camera and I used to take photos, but I never really took anything seriously and never really thought about my photos back then. And then it wasn't until I think university when I really started to look at it a bit more seriously. I did it as part of my design course. So we had a foundation course where we had photography as part of one of that subject and so from there I got a DSLR and started shooting from there and I was trying to keep up with some of my classmates and see what sort of photos they were taking and it was just nothing on their level so I got a little bit discouraged from that and I I put it down for a little while and then I think maybe four or five years ago I I discovered the work of Joel Myrowitz who's a really great street photographer uh, American street photographer and one of his photos just sparked something in me that really made me want to pick it up and take it seriously. You come from a very multi-dimensional kind of background, right? So yep. you mentioned that you've done a lot of 3D, not just graphic design, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's been like, I think that foundation course that I was talking about, that sort of covered quite a wide range of like topics. We did web design, 3D. There's a lot of team-based projects as well, which was quite interesting. We did right. like drawing. So yeah, it's quite quite a broad range of things. What is it that excites you to go out and shoot? What are the subjects that attracts you most? In all honesty, for me, I, I really want to just tell stories with my photos. So okay. if, if I feel like something will tell a story, I'll generally want to, like, I'm driven to shoot that. It's For me, photography is more about inspiring people through stories and, you know, imagery and just shooting just because I see something that looks pretty, you know, or something that looks beautiful. I mean, sure, it might look beautiful to me as well, but if it tells a story, I think that's that's more powerful for me because that's how I sparked my passion for photography is a story so i want to do the same for other people right so then how do you go out and shoot because it's not like okay i have this beautiful beach and the sunrise will be great <laughs> so you go out and take that photograph yeah, storytelling yeah. is a little bit different right so how do you go out and you know execute that or realize that vision that's in your head this might be a bit of a surprise but i i don't really think about what i'm shooting at the time for the most part I will generally carry my camera around with me as much as I can and I'll shoot what I see. So at the time, if I find something interesting, I'll shoot it. And then it's not really until 
the post-processing or when I'm looking back at my photos is when I start to pick apart stories and things from those photos. It's not I so much go as I'm chasing a story and I want to go and take a photo based on that story. It's more the other way around. I'll find a story within my images. So I guess the, the idea is just always carry a camera around and hope that you find something. Exactly. You always have to have that along with you, right? Well, yeah. If you, if you don't have a camera, you can't get a photo, right? So I mean, even like, even if it's your phone. Right. I'm, I'm always shooting on my phone sometimes as well, just getting getting shots that I find are interesting. So if you've got something on you, most people do these days. But do you stitch a narrative to your stories or is it just like individual frames? Yeah, well, I recently bought out a book, which was from my chipper in Japan. And that was more theme-based. It wasn't so much as a narrative, but it's just my like thoughts and processes behind Japan and how I was experiencing Japan. But lately I have started to flow more towards doing a narrative-based series. So putting my photos together with other photos to see how they work, even using a lot more words in my photographs recently, I feel like that's something I lacked in the past and I didn't really use words as a tool for help pushing my photos. I know some people say that photographs speak a thousand words, but sometimes it is nice to have some sort of textual format to go with those to help drive a photograph. Right. Yes. Like a photo essay. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it used to be a really popular format back in those days when, when you had Life magazine and all that. So yeah, that's they right. used to carry a lot of photo essays. So that's how and all these Magnum photographers actually got their breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Magnum photographers are a huge inspiration for me. I've got tons of Magnum books and I always look back at those and just, yeah, reading, reading the actual essays on those as well is just so inspiring. Like people are able to write. That's something I've never really been too strong at is my, my writing. I'm trying to push that as much as I can. Looking at your work, it's somewhat a bit minimalistic, but it's also a bit slice of life as well. That's that's pretty accurate. I think my work is, is very varied. I try not to stick to one type of like photography. I know that like some people have their own styles and some people do street photography. Some people stick with landscapes. I think for me, like photography has always been about being creative and having that sense of creative freedom and being stuck in one sort of situation or one sort of genre of photography seems quite limiting to me. So I usually try and branch out into all aspects of creativity, not only photography, so it's like design or art. That's the same sort of thing with my photographs. I sort of branch out into all sort of aspects. I don't usually stick to just one genre and it teaches me to learn how to photograph in just different situations and different elements. Product photography is something that I want to look into getting into, and that's quite challenging. I'm guessing it's more natural light-driven photography? Yeah, definitely. I think I tend to lean towards natural light. I struggle with studio-based lighting, and that's because of my lack of experience, I guess. I've never really had much experience with studio lighting or even ambient lighting at all. So I usually tend to stick with natural lighting, but obviously that's something I want to look into learning in the near future, definitely. Right. So what about your influences? You told me that Joel Meyerowitz is a big inspiration. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So his street photographs are just legendary. One of the guests that I talked to, and he was saying he's somehow managed to have so many things happening at the same time and capture that. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's just trying to fill the frame as much as possible and getting a big story out of it. Or getting little bits of stories within the frame. It's quite fascinating. And what about capturing the moment? Because street photography is all about capturing the moment, right? 
just like what Henry yeah, Cutler Preston no. talks about. The decisive but, moment, yeah. exactly. But do you go after catching that moment? I don't. I don't particularly chase the moment. If I'm in in the area or if I'm shooting, you know, street photography, it'll generally be if I'm lucky enough to see something, I'll I'll take a photo of it. I don't usually go and chase it or you know go out of my way to find something. It's it's very much like. If the world gives it to me, I'll I'll take it in. I won't I won't go out of my way to force it out of something. And the other thing that I noticed in your images is the color palette. Mm-hmm. It seems to be very soft, right? Is it intentional? Yeah, I've always liked muted color palettes. I think that probably plays on some of my design background as well. Where you said before, if design comes into it, now that I think about it, it probably does more than I tend to admit. But yeah, I, I find very saturated colors and stuff quite jarring on the eyes. And more than late, I've leaned more towards black and white photography as well. It's just sometimes colors can be a bit distracting. And my last book I sort of did, I did it all in black and white. And I think that really helped tell stories a bit better for me. I find colors can be, yeah, as I said, quite distracting. Like you have a big orange cone somewhere on the side of an image where you've got, you know, something happening on another side. And that orange cone is all you see. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of like takes away from everything else. So is photography more like a serious hobby art form for you? Or is it, have you started doing it professionally, whether it's commercial or selling prints and so on? Yeah, well, here's where this like, I draw this little white line over like where I put photography for me. There are moments where I've done paid work, but initially when I started photography, it wasn't about that. For me, it was it was more about documenting my life and allowing me to be creative because of telling stories and inspiring others. That's, that was the whole goal for me as a photographer. And I, that still is my mindset to this day. I don't usually go and chase commercial work or chase paid work. And if I can, I'll try and avoid it, to be honest, just getting paid work and doing, getting that pressure of having a photo, like photography session under a paid situation feels quite tense for me. And I like the ability to not have to be restricted to that. So for me, it's it's more of a creative outlet and a, and a hobby as anything else. But that's not to say I haven't done paid or professional work. And, and I, not that I won't, but it's not what I prefer. Yeah, it becomes uh, almost like a job, right? <laughs> that's the thing. It's like at the end of the day, I've, I've got a job at the end of the day and I'm happy at that job. And then when I can separate my job and this this life photography life and use that as my like almost meditative outlet it, it, it kind of helps either like mental mindset as well you can separate the two and not have them intertwined it's just a left of field question do you think people should have a hobby in these days of lockdowns and uncertainties do you think having a hobby keeps you more sane yeah definitely i think hobbies help a great deal especially for like your mental well-being and being able to express yourself in some way, regardless of what it is. Some people play sports or video games or, you know, you've got photography, all sorts of like projects you could do. I think for me, I've, I've never really stopped doing things. And it's, it's always been something quite natural for me to always want to be working on a project or working on some, some sort of personal endeavor, regardless of what it is. And it's, it's definitely helped me over the years, you know, become a lot more at ease and being creative is what I like to do. And I read that you do digital as well as film. Correct, but yes. what's your preference? Lately, it's been digital, surprisingly, just because of how hard it's been for me to access film in the sense of I 
don't really have my film camera anymore. And uh, people shouldn't really know that, but <laughs> yeah, some, some people heard that, they would be pretty mad. But I, I don't have my film camera anymore. But I do like film and I want to get back into film. I used to do the whole darkroom, develop your own film stuff a few years ago, and I, I loved it. But it also got quite expensive. And I found digital just so much easier and cheaper to run with. But it is definitely not the same as film. There's something that film gives you that you just, it's, it is hard to replicate on digital. But for the time being, it, it is primarily digital. Are you primarily an Auckland-based photographer or is that places that you would like to go and shoot? Oh, there's tons of places I'd love to go and shoot. When <laughs> Once lockdown finishes, yeah. Or like once we can leave the country, I, I'd love to travel a lot more and go see. I'd love to go to the States and definitely do like the whole New York scene and see where all those big street photographers started. But I don't see that happening anytime soon so i'm generally just stuck with auckland at the moment yeah I'll, I'll i'll tend to go to beaches and stuff like bethel's beach in auckland's quite nice and that's usually my go-to when i want to go shoot on at a beach or something but it's it's honestly just local at the moment and what's your favorite camera to shoot with at the moment i'm shooting uh i'm shooting leica cameras so i i've got a leica m240 and a Q2. So I, I'm generally switching between those two. The Q2 was actually a lot nicer for me when I just want to casually take it out on the street and just run with it. And it's a lot more compact. So I, I usually run with that lately and it's, it's been quite good. Somehow these days, I feel that it's more and more becoming about the camera and not really about the photographer. What do you think? That's true. It, it has become a bit of like a gear syndrome thing where people want to get the best gear they can, live up to the trends and, and all that. It, in a sense, it's, it's about the camera, but then it's not as well. If a camera makes you want to go and shoot, I think it's doing its job. If you enjoy using a camera and it's actually getting use, then I think that's the right camera for you, regardless of what it is. Any camera can do the same sort of jobs. I think back in the day, you see all these like famous Magnum photographers, like you're saying, they weren't shooting with all these like fancy cameras that they have nowadays. The technology has increased, you know, exponentially since then but the quality of photos has stayed you know stagnant based on what people can shoot so it's i think it's whatever camera you've got on you is probably the best one for you absolutely 100 percent agree with that yeah. <laughs> right but what about social media people are forced to go into this sort of silo almost to to fit in right Some, yeah. somehow i feel it defeats the purpose of getting to photography is to photograph different types of subjects and experiment with it and see where you go with it yeah. but the algorithm forces you to fit in you yeah know? well that's the thing with like this whole instagram algorithm stuff you know it's 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 changed also throughout the years from when i started as well it wasn't it wasn't as big instagram wasn't as big as well and i think people you definitely do want to try and fit that mold and have their own sort of style and then stick with that style I, i'm i'm guilty of doing this as well when i first started as well it's like I, i'd shoot for my feed and if something looks good on my feed i'll i'll shoot for it if it doesn't i won't post it and so that's a bit of a trap people do fall into and i think it's it's just how the social media platforms are run these days and people are forgetting that you know it's it's not always about how many people look at your photos or what sort of photos you're posting it's if it's if it connects with one person i think that's good enough for a reason to be able to shoot or if, if you're passionate about something share it and hope that people will see it i'm always going back to people in the old days with like magnum photographers and stuff and no one had these platforms to share their work and yet look how big they got and look how many people they were able to reach 
just because of them honing their craft and taking the time to look at their photographs as opposed to looking at their feed. Somehow I feel Instagram is not about photography anymore. <laughs> no, not really. It's It has <laughs> changed quite drastically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I just don't care about Instagram anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think a lot of people feel the same way, to be honest, lately. It's, it's, it's come to a point where people are drifting away and, and, and people are starting to think more about like their photographs now. And I do see a drift away from it, like people right. using different platforms and making their own websites and all sorts. Right. So, uh, has your style evolved over the years? How has it evolved like, and where do you see it going? Oh, 100% it's changed. When I first started shooting, it was, it was dreadful. The thing I did was I tried to emulate what I saw. And so I'd, I'd see a famous photographer or someone I really liked. I'd be like, I want to do this. So I'd try and copy that style. I'm like, okay, this isn't, this isn't me though. A couple of years later, I was like, I really want to do my own thing and stop following trends. And you know, I had the ability to be creative and I have this like background and I have a th my own thought process. And so that sort of made me think I want to be able to do my own thing. And that sort of drew me away from shooting for the feed and doing my own, my own sort of style and not worrying about that so much. Where I see it in the future, I'm not too sure. I think my style will always change. And that's just based on me changing as a person or me changing my thoughts. It'll be based on how I think and how I'm feeling at the time, I think, is what will really drive my photos. Great. So just to close it off, what will be your piece of advice for someone who's starting out? Or oh. <laughs> what will you tell them? Don't get into photography. Don't post on Instagram. <laughs> what you say? Well, the thing about Instagram, like I've said, is it is changing. But whether it's Instagram or any sort of social platform, I think posting has definitely helped encourage me to do it more often. And so doing it more often means I'm shooting a lot more as well. So I think my advice would be is if you are wanting to get into photography is just to shoot as much as you can and try and learn as much as you can. Even if you're not posting, if you are, that's fine. But if you're not, just still shoot and shoot for yourself, not for everyone else all the time. Primarily shoot for yourself first. And if that's something that you are passionate about, you, you'll find yourself doing quite well. Great, great, great. So how can people re reach you, Kalpesh? Like you have a website and yeah, an yeah. Instagram? Yeah, I've got an Instagram, uh, Kelpesh S. Taylor is my Instagram. And um, just kelpeshtaylor.com is my website. Great, great. <laughs> that's all I wanted to ask you, Kalpesh. Awesome. Anything you. you wanted to add? No, no, that's all. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It's been, been an honor. No problem. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks, Kalpesh, for coming on the show. It was great fun talking to you. And that's a wrap for this episode, my friends. I hope you like this episode. If you like this podcast and want to show your support, just buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash photocountry. Appreciate each one of you listening to this podcast. You really keep me going. I will catch you on the next episode. Till then, stay safe and keep clicking.